What it do? Welcome back to Agitator. The modern day retelling of Rocky Balboa starring two mystic juggalo weebs. Today, we're catching up with Berserk. It's the end of the year. We ain't read not, not a page of Berserk all year long. And I'm beginning to wonder if that's why this year sucked so bad. We didn't go to church. We didn't go to church. We didn't, you know, we didn't do our due diligence. We didn't study the gospel of guts. Because, man, this feels right. Coinciding with, like, uh, shit's already been turning around very end of the year. Uh, we got a lot of prospects, got a lot of, well, we've had a lot of irons in the fire. But that shit finally popping. And what better way to ring in a new year than to than to go back to church to sit down and study under the black swordsman, our Lord and Savior? I like that you called it the Church of the Black Swordsman. That, yeah, that's my I feel religion, like people. Dude. I feel like people think I'm doing this like otaku type of thing when mm-hmm. I say, uh, you know, Berserk is like my Bible. That's my religion, mm-hmm. but I'm like a thousand percent serious. My my last novel in development dedicates a very large portion to just talking about Berserk because it parallels with the narrator, aka my life, so heavily. When people go to church, what do they get out of it? Uh, well, it's, I guess it depends. Community. Uh, redemption, catharsis. There we go. Uh, there we go. That's what I was looking for. When they walk out of church on Sunday, they feel like they can face the week. They feel yeah, like, all right, cool. Yeah. I'm I'm ready to go. And bro, starting volume 27 of Berserk, because I'm not going to lie. I, I was not the biggest fan of the troll arc and I have a reason for it. And it's really simple. I just didn't really dig the art. I just didn't think that the trolls mm-hmm. looked that cool and the it was too busy for me and it didn't have enough guts, right? Because guts does finally, you know, he puts on the berserker armor or whatever, but for the most part, it's the the fairy and the the guy with the well not the fairy, the the wizard, the witch. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, Shirky. Shirky. Yeah. Um 27 goes right back into the gut stuff and every time like when guts is confronted by a huge monster and he takes that big ass sword and shoulders it and he goes well let's get started i'm just like let's go this is <laughs> this is our boy being like again the going back to what makes Guts such a great character? If because uh, th- this manga is huge, it's been popping off ever since we started talking about it. We made it a worldwide phenomenon, mm-hmm. but so people kind of think they know the Guts archetype. But if you ain't read it, you don't understand. He's not just this badass that never gives up and he fights anything and he wields this enormous sword. He he goes from like he is the most bottom up character you've ever seen 
Like he sucks in the beginning. He's thrown and he's born in the mud. His mom's dead. He's raped as a child by the dude who takes him in and gives him a place to live and everything and teaches him kind of how to hold a sword. Not really, but he, but well, he, he, sucks. he lets other people rape him. Maybe, yeah. maybe not an important distinction to make. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> That's my autism. Yeah. Well, hold on. It's hold like, up, wait, he Let's, doesn't yeah. rape him. He just lets other guys do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 He's just, uh, he's just giving them the, the tickets just to the island. Him. He's, yeah, yeah, he yeah. sells his ass basically. Yeah, it's rough. But uh, he's just resilient as shit. And coming into volume 27, because he does turn into a badass, like he becomes like a straight up, like he, he's that dude. But 27, he's donned the Berserker armor, which the Berserker armor is a. Uh, we we might get into some like some fan responses to the this arc the way because apparently this gets super fantasy even though I'm pretty sure there's been a fantasy from the jump. Wait, in volume twenty seven, it yeah, starts off with him into... fucking a dragon. Yeah, the very the beginning of the like the very first <laughs> panel of this uh, manga. Yeah, I know, I know crazy a lot of people had some they had some complaints that it gets people too are so fantastical. Fucking stupid dude uh nerds fucking nerds if you came to this show for the first time uh to listen to berserk and you're a nerd just get the fuck out <laughs> first go to patreon.com slash agitator and give us five dollars and, and then and then go never fuck listen yourself. again yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's like this magical armor that's like living. And he's, I get it intrinsically, but it's also one of those things where like, I don't really pay attention to uh, plot details. I just let it all wash over me. He's had that demon dog like in him. He's got that dog in him. He's the yeah, original he's got guy that who dog has that in dog him. in him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it came it, from. I think it manifests because the the dude i don't know his name the skull head dude he was the first one who wore the berserker oh yeah king scully yeah king scully and then he becomes who he is this ultimate badass but i think he's half demon or something like he lives between he basically tells guts you don't want to end up like me i promise you and guts is like okay i won't (laughs) <laughs> and then just continues to use the armor but the dog is this um well it gives him incredible fighting powers but it also has the potential to completely take over who he is and not allow him to separate friend and foe uh and just become like this kind of mindless killing machine which almost it, it says when, when he's in uh, i love the visuals of i love how the art goes whenever the dog takes him over you see like eye slits as if you're looking through like Michael Myers style mm-hmm. and everybody's just washed out like the same shape. Mm-hmm. And he's mm-hmm. like, oh, oh, he's like still swinging my sword. Hope this is an evil person and not my best friend or my right. lover. <laughs> right. That must be how sociopaths see the world. Just this just fit, just blank faces. Yeah, no personality, probably. just things to be used. Um but I was really happy 
in 27, we get back a little bit more into guts and they, you know, Miura adds this great twist to it where the berserker armor will kill him because it doesn't allow him to feel pain, but that doesn't stop his body from being broken. So when he gets hit by, you know, a big Kraken tentacle, it still fucks him up, but the suit just makes it so that he can't tell basically right so yeah. every time after he's done fighting with this thing where he's just throwing his body at monsters <clears throat> there'll be a few like issues or chapters where he's just in bed like eating soup <laughs> just fucking groaning being like fuck why did i do that and, and that's the that, shit that i nice. love that's like that's that's the guts i love where he goes in he goes hard in the paint and then he's all fucked up and then as he's fucked up some more shit pops off and he's like well time to tie my sword to my fucking hand so that dude, I can... when he wrapped his sword up with bandages to his hand i was like oh dude this has so we are talking specifically about volumes 27 28 29 and 30 um in this arc so it does everything that i love that berserk does and that i think they they had to take the troll detour to introduce basically to introduce shirka that was all the troll arc mm -hmm. really was and I to love kind the of troll arc just uh just for the record mm -hmm. um i loved some things about it you know i liked uh Barnice's character development uh, she gets more of that in this one it's a but... character development arc it's just yeah. it's all about like Isidro and Serpico and Farn like it's just about them. Mm -hmm. You're so mm -hmm. you're hundred percent right. It's like it's very lacking in the guts department. Mm -hmm. And then when they're all kind of together in this one, I thought it was really cool because we kind of, you know, it's been about a year since we've gone to Berserk. So I had forgotten about a lot of stuff, but it all comes back once you're reading it. And so kingdoms are the, the Midland kingdoms are at war with each other. And there's this foreign invader called the Kushan who's taken over uh, this city and turned it into a demon city. Um, but I was reminded that something that Berserk does really well is to show that in a, in a war, there's not good and bad guys. Cause you see the Kushan city and it's full of demons and corpses and you know it's made it's like a bloodborne city basically there's fog yeah. if anybody out there's played bloodborne you'll know what i mean um but then you go to the opposition like the midland the, the coalition of midland kingdoms that are gonna rally against this force and there's a scene where you know you see these pirates who have all these kids and they're like oh yeah like these are Kushan kids, you know, we killed their parents and now we're going to sell them into slavery. And so, and Berserk does that kind of like so offhandedly where it's like, it's a respectable nothing. trade. They're like, we're not doing piracy anymore. We're working for the government. Yeah. It's cool. <laughs> and the dude, the dude is literally a peg leg pirate. <laughs> he's got like yes. a peg leg and he's like, we're I love, uh, I love Puck's commentary when he shows up. Mm -hmm. Uh, Puck, the little the little fairy that mm -hmm. that goes into the most meta character out of all yeah. this is basically he'll, he'll pretend to be uh, Deadpool. Yeah. 
He'll pretend to be Yoda and pretend to be yeah. like a, a Japanese <laughs> he to be patriot. Yoda a lot. <laughs> yeah, and uh, a Japanese salaryman at times. Like he's the salaryman with the Mickey Rooney buck teeth was yeah. fucking hilarious. <laughs> Whenever the <laughs> guts is like saving this aristocrat party from these giant demon tigers, and Puck is there with his buck teeth and is like you know old school asian yarmulke whatever that hat is and he's like uh he's got the little calculator that looks like a child's toy and he's all like so uh this is not charity <laughs> you know that'll be right. uh, a silver piece per per slain mm-hmm. demon um but no when that pirate shows up he's like now that's the real deal <laughs> Because he got the peg leg and he has the fucking Captain Hook hat and the trench coat. and mm-hmm. He's got the knife in the peg leg too, which I thought was cool. But I do think, and it's never lingered on in Berserk. They don't take that much time to really hammer that home. But you're just supposed to understand, as it was back in medieval days, it's not that there was a good kingdom fighting a bad kingdom. It was just you don't want to be on the wrong side when your opponent comes in because it's not it's not good at all across the board, which is kind of an inadvertent. I don't really get the impression from Berserk that there's a a hard line stance on much of anything except for personal responsibility and growth and strength. But Mm -hmm. it's kind of just this sort of afterthought like you, you all do know that it's all terrible right like you just just depends on which side you're on that's another thing about berserk that i love because i'm very much like guts in the sense of uh when he's ready to split from the party mm-hmm. because he's got his his friends back together and he's like all right cool glad we found you let's go and they're like oh there's demons in here we should probably help these people and he's like y'all for real <laughs> he's like i mean i guess we could do that but well, and it's, I, I like, so there's a bit in there. So Lady Farnese's character, she, uh, or Farnes or, or whatever, she comes from nobility. She's the daughter of like the major king, like the Bill Gates of this era. Like his, he's the Medici, right? So without his money, no army can really function. And she's his daughter, but she ran away. She got involved with the Knights of the Holy See. And when we first meet her, I don't know how many volumes back, she's like a crazy torture. That was one of my favorite arcs, by the way. Because yeah, like the whole the Holy Sees like group of weird SM Hellraiser Pope the monsters. Tortures. Yeah. yeah. That was sick. Um and then she's all like when she's all humping guts of sword and shit. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And- oh yeah. Yeah, she's super fucked up. So she decides that she's going to learn magic. So she starts to learn magic from Shirka. Um, but then they need a boat because they need to cross the ocean and get to Elfhelm where Casca can be fixed like her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Elfhelm, right? Uh, her brain <coughs> yeah, can be I fixed. Love how, I love how long Berserk will stick to an arc. There's no formula mm-hmm. to it like... And I think oh, that's where some people up on fall 20 off. Twenty volumes, twenty volumes of Casca being an invalid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I lo- like. Well, just the Golden Age arc alone is a flashback that lasts for like fifteen volumes. Mm-hmm. 
it's a straight up flashback and uh and then yeah she gets fucked stupid and she's been stupid for like 20 well shit at this point almost 15 volumes something like that well 13 is when the eclipse happens is it right 13 so almost 20 volumes almost 20 yeah almost 20 and they're still not there so who knows how like we don't know how long before they get to the elf village and fix her and then at that point it's like golly like she's been that way longer than she's been the other casca that we were introduced to um but oh, what was it? oh yeah so they need that boat and so Farnese basically decides to go back to the noble life and agree to marry this guy and whatever. And it, it gets them this scroll that has a, you know, it's permission to get on a boat basically. And when the crew, because this is very much like a characters hanging out now, there's a whole click of, you know, there's Shirka, Serpico, Farnese, Casca, uh, Isidro, the fairies, the two fairies. You know. Yeah. And so they're all like, oh my God, like she's, she's gone. Shouldn't we go get her back? And Gus is like, mm, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. But then Casca, because she's invalid, accidentally drops their ticket to the boat in the fire. And he's like, well, at this point, might as well. <laughs> yeah, that's like, that's what gets him to go. <laughs> he's like uh we get a boat at the cost of a babysitter and somebody who can actually cook no thank you let's go mm -hmm. get that bitch back yeah yeah that's exactly what he said yeah it's so cool it's so cool and um so the um gosh there were a few other things about his arc that really the artwork is back to being really badass i like architectural art Mm. Blam is one of my favorites. So oh yeah, trolls. The, they were all up in the woods and shit. Yeah, and it's just vines, you know. But this has some real kind of magnificent Baroque architecture and statues and pirate ships and things like that. So I I enjoyed looking at it. The monsters weren't the monsters aren't that great. I think it's no, alligators well, and tigers. Uh, yeah, because it's like it's they're being. Uh, it's animals. It's like actual. What is the elephant looking thing? By... Like, what is the sea monster with the with the trunk? Is it supposed to be like a fucked up fish elephant? That thing was uh, some kind of Indian demon. I don't know. That was is like it? I don't know what like the a Ganesh fuck thing that was. It did look like a Ganesh thing. Okay. Because <laughs> yeah, all the others are like, oh, these uh. These half man, half alligator demon things are coming at us. Oh, mm -hmm. these giant tiger demons are coming at us. And then it's like, well, and then there's elephants. It's like, ah, oh, this demonic elephant. And then there's this random ass thing that comes from the ocean. And you're like, what the fuck is that? Like <laughs> twice, uh... <laughs> twice it comes back. We're like, okay, yeah, this again. So the monsters aren't super great, but I do think that the series to me feels like it, it got back on track. And one of the things I think that kept me from it for a year was again, I don't think no part of Berserk is actually bad. The troll arc isn't bad. It's just, it was just kind of underwhelming. And you know how like with Nihei in Knights of Sidonia, you know, the difference between like the Blam art and the Knights of Sidonia art. Mm -hmm. I felt like that's the difference between this kind of Berserk art 
and the troll arc art. Like the troll arc is more like Knights of Sidonia, which I was less impressed with than Blam. Like this has a lot more blacks and kind of sharp angles to it and perspective. Yeah. And like you said, the trolls had a bunch of like tangles of vines and strange Lovecraftian blobs. They just it just didn't land for me. But I think um what else about this arc was really cool? Well, it ended like Isidro. where we ended. Oh, Isidro pops on up, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He um we get a bit more development of him getting into he murks his first motherfucker. Mm-hmm. And then he immediately kills another. This is yeah. so Isidro's this little kid. He's like a little punk, a little street urchin that tags along. And he's like mostly the comic relief, I guess. I find a lot of things funny in Berserk, mm-hmm. but he's mm-hmm. like, you know, he's a little mischief punk kid. Um, he wants to be the greatest swordsman ever. Um, kind of from this just he was similarly kind of born in the muck like guts, but he wasn't just raped mercilessly or <laughs> put through nearly. He's just, he's an orphan poor kid who's <laughs> like just kicked around by life or whatever, but he's got a, you know, sense of humor. He's annoying. Um, he, uh, yeah, he, he, he drops his nuts in this one. And is really trying to like practice the shit that he's been watching and studying under guts. And he gets in there with the monsters, with the tucking and rolling and, you know, getting some stabs in on the alligator dudes. And then whenever there's those, uh, the pirate slave people, the Cedro has the, has a pretty tight little fight with the Captain Hook motherfucker that comes down. Because at first there's that knight that comes in and is like, uh, he's been following him and shit. And he comes in and tries to save him. And Cedro's like, hey, butt out of here. Like, I'm I'm the I'm the savior. Who the fuck you think you are? Mm-hmm. And he uh fights, he takes Captain Hook down to the boats where they're jumping o- over, you know, the different boats down at the pier, <coughs> swashbuckling and shit. Uh, but before that, he's like tucking and rolling under pirates and cutting their nut sacks and, and their arteries. Like, they're their like, arteries. oh, he hit an artery, and they're like bleeding out. <laughs> One guy's got a hand dangling. I was like, I, uh, damn. I like that that fight ended too with like this random Doctor Robotnik samurai popping up <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> the big, the big like, mustache thing. Where have I seen that mustache before? <laughs> <laughs> and I was thinking too, I was like, is this a reference to something? Or yeah. did I forget something? He might have been in the in this in the series. I uh I wanted to talk about Griffith too, because I do think that Berserk is instructive in how it weaves its themes in very subtly and over a long period of time. So there's two things, right? One thing I noticed reading this one is that you start to see when you're writing something weekly, you focus in on certain characters and it's almost like you're trying to see which one takes. You know what I mean? Because toward the end 
of this particular episode's purview with the Pope and shit. I don't know where the the Pope getting a call from Griffith is going to go, but it did seem like Miura was like, well, let's see what this character is doing. You know what I mean? Like maybe the Pope goes nowhere. Maybe it's, a th- but there's a lot of shit like that of characters that are like given screen time, so to speak, but don't ever go anywhere. And it's because he was like, oh, that, that didn't really work the way I wanted it to. But with Griffith, it's so fascinating because we have been there for 30 volumes now. I don't know how many chapters that is, 200 and something chapters. And we've seen yeah, this huge yeah. arc with guts. We've seen them be friends. We've seen the big betrayal. We've seen Griffith make a deal with the devil. We know all that. And then, you know, we meet characters like that little, uh, that girl who Shirka meets, right? Who's just like, he's the, Griffith is the best. He's the hero. And it made me think how many people in our world have these heroes. And it's like, if you knew them, right? If you knew what your heroes did to become prominent enough to be your heroes, you wouldn't think that about them. But Berserk is pointing it out, but doesn't focus on it. They don't have to double down and like remind you every time of like, what griffith did you see it every once in a while of like him raping casca and stuff but whenever somebody mentions like this dude this band of the hawk guy he's legit he doesn't remind he's just letting you know this is what people think right like this like the hero of the story is griffith or is it which makes (laughs) yeah yeah which makes it even um like you following along with guts the whole time Mm-hmm. there's there's just that added element to it where you because i think berserk is very much you know guts is the hero of berserk mm-hmm. but it sort of redefines like what like what is a hero really because guts doesn't have he doesn't get the accolades of Griffith mm, 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 mm. <laughs> and he also he also doesn't really care though exactly dude that is so smart I think you just unlocked it for me right is that like Griffith is the quote-unquote hero but it's showing you what a hero has to do to be a hero in the eyes of, of people right like think about it in, in our terms politicians or athletes or whatever it's like what do you have to do to get but guts is just if he had made a deal with those demons he would be the most unstoppable motherfucker of all time Mm -hmm. but he but he didn't he's the guy who chose like no i'm gonna remain human mostly might get a little berserker armor and nobody's gonna know who i am like people literally see him and they're like have you ever heard of this thing called the band of the hawk? And he's like, Nope. Yeah. And Can't say I recall. Yeah. <laughs> I like that too, because we've gone so far and he's kind of just, well, ever since he lost Casca and they had to, during that whole like uh church of the Hellraisers arc where, you know, he had to fight for so long to get her back. <clears throat> he kind of, 
that's where his revenge motive simmered down because he was like, I just want to be with you. I don't ever want you out of my sight again. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if, if I lose you to go and find this motherfucker, then that ain't even worth it. Mm -hmm. So he kind of gives up the revenge shit. But now you see him trudging through streets where Griffith is hailed as the hero of everywhere. And he's like, just, you know, gritting his teeth. When you see that little, like, you heard it, little, it's amazing. The fucking little Arthur fist, you know, like down. Yeah, by the- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's just like, no, I never heard of it. <laughs> but that's uh, that's such a great storytelling device because every like people can relate to that. You know, people can can be like, "Oh, have you you know read this author?" And I'm guts, and I'm like, "No, <laughs> no, never heard of them." And then my fist is like this, <laughs> like just yeah. just clenched. <laughs> You're in the crime world, right? What do yeah. you think about? Sean Cosby. Who? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's why I think that's why I think my my life is like such an interesting story right now because it when you pick enemies, like I couldn't have picked an enemy who's had more success. You know what I mean? Like if I pick some little <laughs> piddling and like who just kind of was on the same track as I am, but like you know, I'll get texts from well my friends. Or like, hey, did you see that he's he's Barack Obama's loves his book? I'm like, all right, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> but it's such a level of absurdity that I'm like, okay, cool. This is my this is the Empire Strikes Back moment of my life. I I can only go. <laughs> yeah, if y'all here. had been like borderline gay friends at one point, it'd be like a a guts and Griffith, a guts thing. and Griffith thing. Yeah, yeah. And except if- Griffith is actually kind of yeah, like he's good, he's cool. Right. This is this is more like if I was guts and somehow Casca had mumbled and slurped her way into being the hero. <laughs> the post fucked retarded Casca. Yeah. <laughs> and she's she's just like oh, and they're like, she's gonna save our kingdom. <laughs> and guts is just constantly thinking, what the fuck is going on here? she doesn't do anything you're like oh (laughs) yeah yeah oh one other really funny thing about this arc was the the fact that so shirika and guts are on the beach it's a beautifully drawn sequence right where they're uh both kind of talking about life and when when berserk does get philosophical i think it really works which is another reason why I got heavy back into it. And Guts is telling her all these things, you know, about how long life is and how tough these fights can be and everything. And she's talking, she just lost her her mentor, her mistress, right? Her Obi-Wan just died in a fire. And she gives Guts a big hug. And I was reading that and I was like, oh, that's cute. And then the fairy's like, you want to fuck him, don't you? And she's like, what? (laughs) And I was like, that's so, this is so massively inappropriate. And then there's a scene later where Casca's taking a bath and Shirka's bathing her and Casca like rips her towel off and pushes her onto guts. So like her naked, what, what is she? 12 or something like that? I was going to say like nine, maybe. Yeah. 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 
it's like range. on guts and it like it 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 just shows it it like lingers on that for a second and i'm like bro god love the japanese man <laughs> <laughs> it's such a sweet moment and then it's just like a wrench from you where it's like yeah is that your boyfriend no <laughs> he's he's fucking 40 years old <laughs> yeah yeah She's straight. Well, that's another thing. Uh, I was Googling around uh, for shit um, on like when when this was for one. I was like, how far into this is volume 30? Like chronologic, like when it was coming out. And uh, this is 2006 is what we're up to now. Oh, so still um, before before woke shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but also, I, I came across, it was like, how old is Guts? And I was like, oh, yeah, how old is Guts? And it said 24. He's 24? He's 24. God damn. All right. Well, and well they then comment, I guess it's okay then. <laughs> <laughs> it's not as bad. Or maybe it's worse, because he's more like the motorcycle dude outside the school. Yeah. Than he's he the is, guy like, in the screamo grandpa. band. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, but no, nah, that berserker armor it ages you. They comment mm. on that. They're like, "Hey, nice hair, Gramps." Mm-hmm. And it's because yeah, his hair turns white. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He's got the he's got the white streak in it or whatever. He's got twenty four fantastic going on. Twenty four seems young, but I guess he did start. I mean, he's just been fighting his whole life, so I guess it feels longer, right? I thought he was old. I thought he was forty or something like that. Yeah, I, th- I thought. Well, he he's youngest shit in the golden age arc. Mm-hmm. And it's not a ton of years after that that he's you know into the band of the hawk and and then mm-hmm. the betrayal like yeah so he's I guess yeah I guess he's twenty four that's sure that doesn't have to be canon though I can I can assume he's thirty seven <laughs> for personal reasons <laughs> for personal reasons he's it's like thirty seven. It's yeah. not too late to be a, a badass hero. Um, but yeah, no, I just, I really, this was a really fun reading experience. Um, there's a reason why it's the the Bible of Agitator. Cause, uh, and I think we should go, I, I do think that when I finish Berserk, like the Bible, I might go back and just start again. Just to, like from chapter yeah. one. Well, I'm reading it in two different uh, modes. That's why I, I need to keep up with, because reading this shit on some janky ass websites for free, it's like, wait, which chapter was on? Mm-hmm. Versus like trying to jump to an actual volume and crack it open. It's like, mm-hmm. so let's scroll to chapter 247. Was I here? Is this it? <laughs> if you go to, you know, read Berserk online, you can download them and you'll get a zip file and they organize them by volume. And so then you just unzip it. You grab all the file. Like this is what I did. I grabbed all the files in volume 27 and then I zipped it again, but I saved it as a CBZ and then I emailed it to my Kindle. So I just read it on my, on my Kindle that way. There you go. That's the way to do it little uh that that's the little hat corner yeah because i'm not paying for fucking 40 volumes of 
Are you insane? No, that's that. But that you should not either. You should, uh, you should pay five dollars to agitator. Yeah, you should, should yep, pay five dollars to agitator. And I'll and I'll put the berserk zip files on Patreon <laughs> until we get kicked off of Patreon <laughs> for piracy. <laughs> I uh, it is something though. When people talk about getting money, they talk about getting cars and houses and stuff, but my whole thing about getting money is that I do eventually want to repay all the stuff that's actually been really good that has influenced me. So I I do want the hardback berserk set. I just, once I, once the paper gets up there, I'm going to purchase the whole set. Yeah. Same. I'm going to decorate my whole office. And uh, once I get an office, I'm going to decorate the whole shit and like Berserk panels and mm -hmm. Junji Ito and Ichi the Killer shit. It's going to mm -hmm. be like, <clears throat> there's this room at Meow Wolf, the one that's in Santa Fe, mm -hmm. that's like all black and white comic-like art on the floor, walls, and ceiling. That's how I want my office to be. That'd be so sick. And I also, I just want, I want Gus to... uh when he's like 14 or 15 to be able to pull those down and it'd be one of those things where for years I'm like, no, you can't read that. But then he's like 14 years old and he's like, can I read it now? And I go, yes, now you can read berserk. And he goes through the, all the volumes and his mind is blown. Cause I think I was like, I think I was 15 when I saw itchy, the killer. I think I was 15. So it, that's about the right age to start showing them that shit. Yeah. Yeah. 14, 15 range is where, I mean, I was watching like Kung Fu movies and shit at a really young age. Mm -hmm. And my dad was like, Hey, you know, it's cool. Lethal weapon. Like my, my parents were young parents. Mm -hmm. So like, I was like six and my dad is like, Hey, you want to watch lethal weapon? <laughs> kind of the way i am with rowan mm -hmm. and like hey let's watch yeah. this anime uh yeah. let's watch the northman yeah well yeah that's how we are with gus too like we don't we don't hide anything from him i think that when it comes to berserk though it's more the rape stuff that i would be wanting him to be older to to understand like violence and sex and shit i don't care it's fine it's whatever i'll just you know tell him what's happening yeah no berserk is like life is harsh yeah it's yeah, gonna fuck exactly. you up the butt over and yeah. over i don't know if i want my eight-year-old kid watching you know trolls rape women for <laughs> how many volumes did that go on i felt like i just kept seeing it i was like okay yeah another page of like women lined up and like a troll behind each one of them like nutting on their face it's like i know you're like burning through it and then at those you're like oh man another five minute pause page <laughs> and then another one it's like oh let me get a drink of water first god damn this book's just getting so hot i can't, <laughs> I can't take it oh man uh so i wanted to talk about and this is all like with the context of berserk right there were a few things I wanted to talk about on this episode because it is the end of the year. This is free. I did want to talk about the agitator 
ethos of things, but I also wanted to talk about a few current events that are going on. Um, I don't know how current this is because you fucking idiots have a goldfish attention span with shit, but there was controversy <laughs> about Nazis being on Substack. Oh yeah, man. That's old news to these people by now. Yeah, it's old news now. Because it was like two days ago. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? I think that these days, anytime the people complain about Nazis being anywhere, I go, oh, good. This will be a nice platform for us to stay <laughs> on for a while. Because it seems like the only places that we are welcome. Okay, I saw a, a comment somewhere about all this shit. And it was like, Substack continues to platform and, and monetize uh, Nazis, anti-vaxxers. I was like, boom, there it is. This is why mm-hmm. y'all have a side and like y'all force us into the Nazi camp because you Nazi doesn't mean anything in 2023. It means mm-hmm. nothing. Mm-hmm. I can say I'm siding with the Nazis. And that literally doesn't mean anything like in terms of what a Nazi is like, this isn't fucking Germany in the 1940s. Like there are no Nazis, you fucking idiots. There aren't in, there aren't even neo-Nazis. Like those people are gay. We beat the fuck out of them back in the nineties and nobody likes them. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they just, it's anybody that, um, it's hard to define because it's a word that doesn't make any sense. They just deploy it on whoever doesn't follow along with their with their rhetoric. And honestly, the people they label Nazis are typically the most open-minded. And, and they're the ones who are like, no, you're not doing what science says. You're not doing what the government says. So you're literally a fascist. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um yeah Hmm. but yeah no any anywhere that there is uh i'm against censorship period full stop Mm -hmm. hardcore Mm -hmm. my number one stance on anything at all never for censorship no exceptions should uh should literal nazis be able to monetize online yeah Mm -hmm. because this is a free market country you can make a product, put it online, and sell that shit. And if your customers are cool with you being a Nazi, then that says more about America than it does about the Nazis. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. whatever, cause free market, go move somewhere else. If you don't are there like any that, that are concept. making like are there any that are making real money, like real ones, Who's making like, money, like, like real ones? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, what like, if I like? What yeah, what does that even mean? Like monetizing mm-hmm. Nazis because it's really hard, if not impossible, to be a Nazi in America, bro. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's super true. And like, what does that even mean? <laughs> yeah, what I discovered over the past three or four years is that man, it just feels like people have you know how in coding you create like you can create blocks of code that that are shortcuts for you to get to what you want to do it feels like a lot of people have created these kind of mental blocks 
of what a word means. And what's so interesting about that is that once you associate one word with another long enough, they become synonymous. They, they're the same thing. So people can go on social media and say, well, I don't know if you knew this, but uh, that person is an anti-vaxxer. And it means or a Trump all, supporter or a Trump supporter. And it means all these things to the the people who have created similar blocks. But it doesn't actually mean like the issue itself is never being focused on, right? Oh, this person is an anti-vaxxer. In what way? What do you mean? Like let them cook. Like, like you mean that they live out in the woods, Ted Kaczynski style, and have mm. solar panels and generators, and their kids don't go to school. Like, is that like that's who they are? Based because but, anti-vaxxer yeah. doesn't even mean yeah, based. <laughs> but like anti-vaxxer doesn't even mean that's pro- that's a perfect example because you know that they're talking about this person's stance on the whole COVID rollout. Mm-hmm. Um, when there's like a fuck ton of vaccines, bro. Like, yeah, there's a bunch. Like, what does that mean? They're just like vaccines. they're against all of them, or like one. And that's, I, I think that's my biggest problem with the Nazis on Substack type thing is that I don't believe that you, and by you I mean whoever's listening to this, who's parroting this nonsense. I don't believe that you actually <laughs> think that it's Nazis. I think it's a shorthand that you've developed for anybody who disagrees with you. And I don't know. The internet is so big. Something that's so funny about the internet is that you can take any position. You can take people who like berserk, right? As a group, call them berserkers. And you can find somebody who loves berserk, whole profile is berserk, find out that motherfucker's got a hard drive full of child porn, right? And then you can be like, oh, see, people who like this manga, they're not all right. Instead of as a rational person, be like, well, we agree on one thing. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I just got into Yellowstone. That doesn't mean I'm like, Mm -hmm. just retarded. And anybody who's like, oh, yeah, Mm -hmm. it's my favorite show. I'm gonna be like, cool, we're best friends. Right. Like, right. (laughs) And what I learned, what I learned over the past three years is that if you take an unorthodox approach to any mainstream narrative, in my case, COVID, right? Because remember, at the time, I'm mostly, I'm the same as all the people I'm talking to. You put us in a room, batting back and forth political views, we're all the same. But I saw this one thing and I I noticed, hey, something's amiss here. Something's weird. And because COVID, as an American phenomenon, which I still believe it is, I think that the rest of the world just copies us. They see what America does. Some countries see what China does. We're the big dogs, whatever. COVID for America was a reckoning with our fear of our own poor health and the fact that we, we are all going to die young from the chemicals that we ingest in our food and water, whatever. Uh, And so like we panicked because we're all grossly unhealthy 
and the worst, like most disgusting people on the planet uh, decided that they had a say in what normal, healthy people could do. Right. It's, it's the whole thing's very American. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I remember it very clearly. I remember going to work every single day and being mm -hmm. like, y'all are stupid. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is stupid. Like, what are we doing? But during that period of time, what I noticed is just that like the way that any uh, contrary points of view got shut down, it was by lumping people into these categories that you didn't want to be put into. It's a very effective strategy because people don't like to be called names. They don't like to be told that they're this, that, or the other. They're like, well, I just saw this study in the Lancet that showed that, you know, X, Y, Z is the case. So I think that they realized how effective that is. And I think that, I don't know, what it looks like to me is just a, a kind of, just it's just a power grab, right? Anybody who displays any opinion that is even slightly different than your own gets lumped in. And then it's like, well, we're leaving. We're leaving until anybody who disagrees with us is not allowed on the, and it's like, okay, then, then go. You don't really go because you're all still on X, Twitter, whatever. You're all on threads. You're just, you're just hyper online. You're a fucking loser. You have no life and you post all day and you're not going anywhere. You're probably also going to die of COVID. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah every like it's weird what a plat like the, this platform given it's like a unanimously shared platform globally what are yeah. you talking about you yeah know, acting like it's some kind of live venue or something mm -hmm. like you allowed the nazis to perform at my favorite local club it's like it's the internet that's that thing that eddie shared and that guy was libtarded and he was kind of on the opposite end of all this, but I thought he had a really good metaphor. By the way, people, this is something that you can do um, if you're not completely psychologically captured by an ideology is you can you can find the good things in people who you disagree with. I, I know it sounds crazy, right? But you can I actually love develop when we do a worldview. In the agitator discord, when we mm -hmm. uh, you can see people from different sides of the fence. Because we have people from different sides of the fence up in the up in the fan base. Mm -hmm. <coughs> oh, I've got COVID. Um, they, <laughs> I don't really, uh, just smoke too much crack. And when you see like light bulbs go off on either side because of things mm -hmm. being said that don't, yeah, don't gel with Dude, the the agitator Discord like, is the most heterodox like the, the most different people the only thing that links agitator discord people is their tolerance for other people's worldview because people will say some wild shit and we have people who are so far on the left and so far on the right and they just they talk about movies right the most heated discussions mm -hmm. are about movies yeah <laughs> everything yeah. else is like That's, yeah whatever <laughs> that's, that's where you can you feel can the vibe that. shift is when somebody <laughs> yeah. is like actually david lynch sucks you're like oh yeah. shit or or the polar express is good and then people are like what what the fuck are you talking about 
uh maybe that was rare candy i mix those two discords up a lot but um no i i i just with the nazis on substack thing like the performative leaving of substack is so beta and unchill like oh i'm leaving no you're first of all no you're not because you're trying to sell books stop playing Stop pretending like you don't <laughs> just want to sell books. This is all a grift. That guy who we were talking about, who I agreed with, he said, Substack's policy on this kind of behavior, I'm not going to call it Nazi. I'm going to call it like uh, racist, right? <laughs> <laughs> racist shit. It's like if you were to rent a, a dance hall for a party, right? It has quinceañeras. It has... Uh, uh, you know, birthday parties. And it's also mysteriously always booked up on April 20th, right? Um, it's my son's birthday. Also Hitler, whatever. Um, but uh, I like that metaphor. It's like, no, they just, it's just a space where those people happen to, like the the idea that you have to go into this performative conniption fit when these people who let's say in the most extreme cases are what you say they are, but in 90% of them, they're just, they're just not, they're just people who, who disagree with you. Like I saw the guy who he was talking about, who I think got kicked off of Substack. Like he was calling black people monkeys and shit like that. And it's like, I'm not going to argue about Substack's decision to get that guy seems like he sucks. I don't give a fuck, whatever. Um, but the just this whole like looking at that guy and then thinking to yourself, well, this is what they all think is so fucking stupid. No, I want the ability for adults to be able to think and come to their own conclusions. Right. Right. And I don't want to have to be in different camps, meaning I need everything to be allowed to exist. I mm -hmm. need the monkey dude to be writing yeah. and be left the fuck alone. And What's how about if you have an issue with his writings, stop reading him? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I could go and be like, this dude sucks. Yeah, like I love to read uh, uh, Jim Goad. So when I was in high school, I found Jim Goad's Redneck Manifesto in Barnes & Noble. This was, early, this was the early times, bro. This was like 2001, <laughs> 2002. You could find Jim Goad in Barnes & Noble. And I bought his book and I thought like, man, this is fucking brilliant. This is great. I didn't get any braces. Like he drops, uh, he just calls every race, like what their slur is. So he calls black right. people the N word yeah, yeah. And, and white people, you know, pecker woods and cracker and whatever, you know, all that kind of shit. Um, he's still, Jim Goad's still writing. And I still like to read his writing because it's entertaining. And before you say, oh, well, David, oh, well, he reads Jim. You know who, you know who was like real good buddies with Jim Goad? Fucking Patton Oswalt, who's like the most libtarded libtard you can think of now. Back <laughs> in the day, he was reading Jim Goad and he was buddies with Jim Goad and they would go back and forth on message boards and talk and be pals. Like that was, I'm trying to think of a good way to articulate what we're trying to say where it's well like, it's dangerous we to can... art is why yeah. i get really defensive about it because mm -hmm. it's because then you have to be real gay about it and be like 
look, here's proof that I'm a good person. Yeah. I don't No, no, no. Jesus said, do all your good deeds in the dark, bro. Don't be mm-hmm. telling nobody that shit. And that's what I like to do. I don't want to go out there and show receipts for all the good shit I've done. I could because there's not very many of them. They'd be easy to gather up. But I don't want to do that shit. No. I'm going to keep that to myself. Right. Yeah. It's this, um, man, I don't know, dude. It's just to me, um, I know what you all are doing. I know what the whole game is. And COVID taught me that you're not, you're not being honest. You just, you don't want to be wrong. You don't want to be wrong. You've completely lost any kind of spirituality or God. So your certainty has to come from scientism and facts and good versus evil. It's really bizarre that you lost God and found Manichaean good and evil and just replaced that onto whatever the current events are. And I got news for you. Read Berserk. None of it's good. None of your heroes are good people. The side that you're currently supporting for whatever dumb bullshit, Twitter or X or whatever tells you to support, it's not actually good, right? Like I saw an Instagram video where somebody said, uh, look at what Palestinians have to go through, right? They've been stripped by IDF forces and they're being hosed down. And Berserk Brain tells you like, okay, what if it was flipped? Would it magically be like, you know, the Palestinian people are like, do you guys want like some Hot Pockets? Like, let's watch fucking Yellowstone and play Smash. Like, no, <laughs> it would be that or worse, right? And it's foolish to take a side in a conflict like that because people are awful. <laughs> like, this is this is my, like, my overall worldview of things is not contrarian it's just like i have morals and i realize most people don't you know what i yeah, mean and you like, can't person... like box up those morals and sell it either right it's just mm-hmm. kind of a i mean there's a reason his name is guts not only does he spill guts left and right not mm-hmm. only was he born from just you know gut he was just like oh, that looks like a pile of guts there i guess that's what we'll call him but he that's how he lives he just bases every action on chance and he just keeps going and mm-hmm. it's all feeling. And when you said these people lost God and replaced it with like all this, like, like justice and science and being correct as the new God mm-hmm. and like being on the right side of the cultural uh, wars or whatever guts or berserk is like that third thing where because it's kind of anti-god as well like berserk is kind of a not an atheistic text because gods and shit exist but it's like uh it hates both like it hates Mm -hmm. god it hates what it demons all of it it hates men and it's it's like if you want to exist on your own principles or as like a real hero you're just going to basically be alone. Mm-hmm. You're going to be alone. That's what I found. You just got to keep you're gonna walking end up alone. that lonely path. Dude, people who knew me for 10 years, people who I would consider like best friends, what talk to them every week, fucking they all, they all left. 
they all left. Just after I had like expressed my thoughts about COVID, they were like, okay, well, we're gone because we're in this cycle. Like this, 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 imagine you ever see those, um, things that bodybuilders will do where they have the two pegs in the two holes and then they'll pull the two pegs out really fast and hook them into the two pegs that are higher. Right. Have you ever seen that? It's like a, mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. like a bodybuilding thing. Imagine that, but it's dicks and you're sucking <laughs> it and then you suck it and jump up and start sucking the next one up higher. They're like, we're on this path. And you're just a normal guy. We're on this path. <laughs> Looking down on you like. Uh, They're on like the fourth dick up. up you know. Uh, and. Get your bread up. Dude, I'm telling you, man. Like the, the past. Nothing, nothing physical or like emotionally scarring has happened. But my eyes have been completely open to all this. We're like, I haven't changed. I haven't changed at all. Like I just, I just have principles and treat people the way I treat people and go about my life. But I watched as the cultural tides turned and it just so happened that this one lined up where I said, mm, I don't know about this one, guys, this might be bad. How quickly everybody turns on you. Like it's a lonely path. It's extremely lonely. And sometimes I get extremely angry about that. Because you put so much time into people, bro. Like our yeah. friendship, right? Like the Broken River friendship. I know that's solid, but imagine that. And then I say something where you just disappear. You're like, no, I'm not fucking with you anymore. It's like goldfish memory. Like I don't, people's memory issues are a, are a major a major concern because it is like dog really it's like yeah i don't know what happened to him did you ever stop and question like okay where's he coming you? from what happened to me like do any kind of self-reflection or given a little grace like where's this coming from you have history with people who won't give any kind of good faith effort just when it's convenient to be like yeah. oh everybody's dog uh, the right people that i want to bump elbows with or dogpiling on him yeah i'm uh, just a uh, new jack city oh, this motherfucker <laughs> yeah i will never never forgive those people who have my phone number who have maybe a half dozen ways of communicating with me who took none of those options and then and decided to pile onto Twitter. To me, you are the gayest people who have ever existed, <laughs> ever. Like you have no print, you're completely spineless. You are just like creatures of your own dick sucking ambition. And I hope that you die. This is like the uh the every once in a while flashes of the eclipse. Like mm -hmm, if you mm -hmm, mm -hmm. if you pay for the show, you know we don't dwell on this shit constantly. Yeah. But it's like the occasional flashback to that eclipse <laughs> moment. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It's like, yeah, we've been in the berserker armor. We don't give a fuck. We're so far outside of it. I just um, I wanted to talk also briefly about the Israel Palestine conflict. Because everybody's talking about it. It's the new hot thing. 
It's crazy. Catch people up to speed. A lot of listeners probably don't even know what's going on. So uh, Israel and Palestine, they got beef. They got beef. (laughs) What I want to know from people who are very pro one side or the other, I want to know, what what is your, what's the outcome, bro? What's the outcome? Like, what do you think is going to end up happening? Because it seems like you got two sides (laughs) that are like, the other side should not exist at all. That's Berserk what's crazy style, to me. Berserk I, style. How does that yeah. turn out? How does how does that end up? When I see people waving around the Palestinian flag and shit, I'm like, so so you're just blatantly saying you want Israel to eat it, just bite yeah. the dust, mm-hmm. <laughs> like. Mm-hmm. And what's so funny about that too is that it's so often like these leftist people who have 100% been a part in the gentrification of their own neighborhoods. That's why I like the land acknowledgement thing that Canada does so much where people are like, we're on stolen land. It's like, as long as you admit that you stole it, everybody's like, all right, well, he said he stole it. So it's cool. It's like, no, like stand on business. What, like, what do you- shout out. Austin, Texas. What are you doing? This is what I'm saying. What are you doing when you are a person who comes from either a, I, actually, I don't give a fuck where you come from, but you moved to a place where poor people were kicked out of their homes to build the houses or tenements or whatever that you live in. And you did that. You did that. And then you have the audacity to tell people where they should and shouldn't live. Like just shut the fuck up forever. Yeah. Like you did that by erecting like quiet. an urban crest in the middle of just a working class like industry town. And you're like it, local develop like everybody's gonna go, oh hey, yeah, bring in some more money and mm-hmm. bring in more people with more money. It's not this like blatant, we're going to your house and we're telling you you can't live here anymore. It's right. We're gonna build this thing that we think is awesome. We brought it from where we're from to here. You're the where reason you live. You're the we reason we want to make where you live yeah. look just like where we came from. It's like, then why'd you come here? Yeah, you did you you are the reason that they did the thing that they did. Right? People get fucked up with time and they're like, Well, I just wanted to live here and it's not my fault. I just wanted to yes, live it, here and make it exactly like the place I left. It is your fault. It is your fault. It's 100% your fault because if you didn't exist and your desires didn't exist in the manner that they exist right now, then they wouldn't have taken that house or that – like Simmons sent us this um, this article about this dude in Baltimore who – he's a community activist, a black dude, and he, he bought up all these row homes, right? And he was going to – he's going to do them up. And he was gonna fucking, you know, turn them into housing that poor people could live in. And then mysteriously, it all gets set on fire a few days later, right? And so there's this machine, and the reason why it was set on fire, I wanted I want I want this to be abundantly clear. The reason why it was set on fire is because BlackRock or whoever did it knew that they could set those homes on fire, flip the the land, 
build new spots, put some coffee shops in, make it hip and trendy, and then get suckers like the people who might be listening to this right now to move in. So if you didn't exist, they wouldn't keep doing this. This is America. Everything is commerce. If there's no customer, then they won't make the product. So as long as these people exist as the customer, the product, the buildings will continue to be burned down. People will continue to be kicked off their land. Coffee shops will continue to be erected as long as there is somebody who's going to live there and pay for it. And you cannot shirk your responsibility as that. And you cannot both shirk your responsibility and have the audacity to tell Israeli people who might have been born there that they shouldn't live there anymore. You're the same thing. Have some fucking self-awareness, bro. Yeah, there's been a, there's been a gradual MK ultraing of, because I don't have goldfish memory. I've been seeing it for a minute. Uh, mm -hmm. longer than a lot of listeners have even been alive how people have been like muddying the image of making identity such an important thing and then making the right stance on uh, having the right opinion such an important thing right mm -hmm. like did you you know you can hold the wrong opinion and that makes you as bad as as people in power who put children in cages like it doesn't matter what you've voted on it doesn't matter the type of people you've helped or hurt or whatever in your life it's that your opinion is what matters and so poor people and working class people are often by nature of circumstance uh kind of rough around the edges and when identity and opinion are the most important thing you can go oh well fuck these poor people we don't really care that they get kicked out because they're all racists and they you know they they're republicans and shit so fuck them who cares mm -hmm. Let, let's make another coffee shop <laughs> right and those people who are being kicked out are often i mean so I live in the town that I was raised in. You do too. You live in the hood in a suburb of Houston. I live in a small town in Oklahoma. It's much better. It's much better than where I was I was raised, but it's um yeah. <laughs> For the most part, yeah. More or less. I just kind of think that there's a I don't know. Like we, like I didn't kick anybody out to live here the way that I would if I was moving, you know, living in a place like Portland, which I did and it sucked um, or New York or well, LA. Or so I recently went to Baltimore and I love, I, I agree with Simmons. I'm like, this place is great. I fucking love the city. If I moved to Baltimore, um, I would just love being part of Baltimore. Mm -hmm. Like, I would just acclimate. The desire to go somewhere and make it just like where you left is in, in, 
insane to me is parasitic behavior. I'm going to move into Baltimore and open up a fixie shop. You're like, yeah, we can, we can make your bike go super fast. And then <laughs> Simmons has to, Simmons has to new Jack city. Yes. Go to, uh, go to Baltimore and make like a, um, start building ranch style homes be like, the, the, these buildings are too tall. Let's cut them down a few stories. Yeah, and, right. uh, let, let's spread out the land. You know, there's too much going on right next to each other. But and, yeah, but uh, I, I don't know. I just think that like agitator, it, like this, this opinion is going to fall on a lot of deaf ears and they're going to assign what I'm saying to a particular political camp. But I'm very much for figuring out what, like what you think and what you believe is 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 good and then living that way and i just see like people who have fallen into uh this kind of partisan you know uh supporting one side or the other in like foreign conflicts or what it's like you're commenting on something that you haven't gotten right in your own home to begin with right so you can fucking monday morning quarterback the ukraine or israel palestine or whatever and it's like and your life is a fucking shambles you're fu- you've fu- you've been able to fit the whole pringles can in your mouth and then tip your head up and just devour the entire thing you know and then you know you have a fucking guatemalan maid who injects you with insulin and you you're surrounded by a sea of beer cans and like you have the audacity to comment on foreign affairs. Yeah. Like the fuck I think are you talking about, would, bro? I, I think it um makes a lot of people cringe. Or I can see I can see how it makes a lot of people cringe when when I say I don't give a shit about anything that happens overseas. Mm-hmm. I don't really give a shit about anything that happens outside the state of Texas. Mm-hmm. And I don't give that much of a shit about what happens up the street mm-hmm. because up the street if there's a fire or a gunfight or something happening with the school that's gonna affect you know my kids enrolling next year whatever that affects my shit mm-hmm. and i got a lot of shit going on we're trying to get the bag up we're trying to survive trying to thrive but at least trying to survive, taking care of family. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck. I could not, if you show me a map right now, I'd probably point to Ireland and be like, is this where everybody's uh, fighting and shit? Right. No, and I think that that's actually the correct way of looking. And I think that that my position is, I don't know, I guess it's just another step. Like it's, I deal with a lot of uh, anger and resentment at people in general, which is something I'm working with. But my next step to that is that I feel actively angry at the people who do give a shit about this stuff. Let me be clear. We're not apathetic at all. It's just that you look stupid. You look stupid. Like you're not from there. You don't know what that's like. You don't know what it's like 
to be a, a you know a Palestinian person who's lived their entire life in a fucking open air prison in a cage, and you don't know what it's like to be a Jewish person who was born in Israel and you know every day was worried that one of those convicts might break out and fucking blow your whole family to bit. You see what I mean? You see what I'm saying? Like you don't know what any of that shit is like. It's not your life. You don't live there. And so like this, this crazy commentary on both, like Tim Dillon had this great thing where he said um, he was at Christmas <laughs> dinner and his, uh, his uncle who's, you know, maybe like 80 or some shit who'd like been to Vietnam and stuff. They asked him about the Israel Palestine thing. And he was like, oh, not good. That's it. <laughs> like respectfully, <laughs> that should be your entire read of these of the situation. That's not good. Yeah, not good. The same way that yeah. when I mean when people ask you like what do you think about like like the gun deaths in in Chicago, you're like, Ugh, it's rough. Good thing I live a thousand miles away from Chicago, so I don't think bullets go that far. Yeah, so yeah, I'm good. Probably some some people in chicago who are doing shit about that or have mm -hmm. their own concerns i, hope they I, are. I get i don't know you know do something mm -hmm. i don't know so i just i don't know i just i get fucking irritated with um with these people who have well it's all about it all goes back to having these very solid opinions about everything whether it's a foreign conflict or a experimental medication or, you know, any of this shit, right? Mm -hmm. You're so sure of yourself. Like these people are and all yo, so sure of themselves. My thing like, is, what? we live in America and I live in Texas where I disagree mm -hmm. with all of you listening. Every single person listening, I disagree with you on everything because you're not right. from Texas. Unless you're from Texas, and I probably still disagree with you. But right. Texas, because okay. the you don't it's huge texas is huge and nobody knows anything we're we're all about how does houston feel about el paso and, what <laughs> right we're from two different fucking worlds like mm -hmm. it's enormous geographically it's so spread out in places it's very condensed in places there's different weather experiences. There's different cultures from city to city. There's no such thing as a Texas culture. When people talk about like horses and shit, I'm like, I fucking hate horses. Don't mm -hmm. get me near them shits. Like, mm -hmm. I'll punch one in the face. I don't want to ride no damn horse. Like, this. It, and, and, and the way that like they think about like, Oh, necessity of guns. I'm like, I don't I don't live in a sardine can. I don't live in New York. Like, so your opinion of the necessity of guns is much different from down here where it is absolutely necessary. And if you don't think that you are a literal retard, you're four years mm -hmm. old and you were dropped on your head. That's dumb. Shut up. Mm -hmm. Like y'all don't even know, like y'all want things to operate the same nationwide and you've never been to texas you don't understand how different it is here how the fuck am i gonna have an opinion about somewhere completely on the other side of the globe i don't know what it's like over there i don't know what's going on in new york or chicago or la i don't know i don't fucking know seems like it's out of my purview
because like, I all these rebel Oklahoma. forces in 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 Nigeria. I'm like, cool. Which one cool? is the which I one is the funniest? Like, Who's the funniest? Because that's the one that I like. When it comes to like the Nigeria Uganda conflict, we're Team Uganda all the way. Yeah, and yeah. Most of you wouldn't even know they, what the fuck we're talking about. They got the but bet. it's a thing. Or is it Kenya? Kenya, oh, Kenya's Uganda. in the mix yeah. too. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Nigeria got all those crazy. Um, there's all those pictures you find of the dudes walking around hyenas like they're pit bulls or something. Mm-hmm. It seems lit. It seems. I'm like that tight. dude's tight. I don't know <laughs> what all is going on there, but I'm on that dude's side because that's <laughs> whoever that guy shit. is. Yeah, I'm into that. Yeah, mm. that's cool. Mm-hmm. So. I'm going to piss and then let's do the agitator manifesto for 2024. Let's do it. (coughs) Writing it all live on air. This is a continuing uh, saga. If uh, you have any interest, um, curiosity, which is a, a synonym of interest and a placeholder for me to collect the rest of this thought. Uh, if you have any beef with anything that we're saying, that's cool. You just have to go back to episode one and start listening from the beginning. And eventually you're going to have to get to a point where you sign up at patreon.com slash agitator in the $5 a month tier to get the rest of the episodes so that you can have like a fully developed stance on on where you're coming from uh whether agreeing or disagreeing or um or formulating your own third thought branched off which of is it. which so, is preferred please think yeah, for yourself yeah yeah think for yourself we're not here <laughs> to convert anybody i don't want anybody thinking like i do because i'm guts leave me alone yep leave me be agitator manifesto 2024 um i feel like the first thing is obviously like it's just creativity over i mean we can use berserk for this right it's to be more like guts it's like be your own person make your own shit uh stop paying attention to ai like stop with the ai shit yeah, guts don't give a fuck about AI. <laughs> like who? Like how does that have a bearing on your? It's like uh, Glenn asked an interesting question. I think it was in the Lovecraft episode of Candy, where he's like, "If you found out that God wasn't real and that it was these things, like what would you do?" And he said he would just continue on. I was like, "Yeah, that's a great life philosophy. Continue on." So AI can generate a white woman in a shark costume holding a black baby in a pool full of mud so what <laughs> i'm gonna blow that up and put it in my living room <laughs> i'm gonna put that shit and hang that shit right next to my virgin mary dude it's it's so it's, beautiful. it's exactly like uh I, i've used this before but since this is a free episode and uh you know you should just i guess good podcast etiquette is to repeat yourself all the time Rogan does it and he's the best or he's number one. So I guess it's a good, it's a good rule of thumb. Just repeat yourself all the time. It's like CAD uh, coming into the construction world, like CNC machines and shit. It's like, 
oh, remember the days of handcrafted furniture? It's like, well, A, you can still do that. I Yep. I still do that. I don't Yep. have a CNC machine. If I had the guap and I could see the potential for like raking in some more money off of that and get some people to train and operate it for me because I'm making movies and shit. I ain't got time for all that. Um, I'd, I'd buy one myself. I'd buy a big one that could just like whip out a whole kitchen. Like that's okay. AI can just spit shit out. It's like, well, that wasn't human hands that put that together or whatever. It's like, okay, well, there's things, there's advantages. It's just a different level of competition. There's advantages to doing shit by hand. There's different aesthetics to doing shit by hand. There's people who want different things. There's people who don't care. There's people who don't have the ability to do that anyways. It's like some of the people who would have great ideas and benefit with the use of AI could whip out some shit that'd be really tight. And then you're like, Oh, but it was made with AI. It's like, I don't give a fuck. It ruled. And the garbage y'all been shitting out is not hitting for me. So. Mm -hmm. yeah just i mean overall just who cares Hey, what's the difference between AI reaching out off of prompts, gathering up a bunch of like data, compiling it into a... a product of some, a video, a portrait or whatever um, of things that it just reached out and grabbed from all these different places. What's the difference between that and like a room full of 12 people all arguing about what color Spider-Man suit should be like, what, what's the difference? <laughs> the AI shit would probably be better. <laughs> probably. <laughs> <laughs> At yeah. least AI AI would be interesting. It'd be Yeah. like, it wouldn't Yeah. be motivated by some kind of like, you know, uh social justice cred or something It's it'd just like, be like you know, i just found this shit if I tomorrow decided to get really good at hitting three-pointers, I don't have any designs on being in the NBA, but I'm like, I'm a fucking phenom with the three-pointers, right? I've just, I've practiced 10,000 hours, let's say. I make no money from it. Nobody cares, but I can go in my backyard and just sink a three without thinking about it. What's the value in that? That's what the AI argument is to me. Because people are basically saying that your worth as a person is directly tied into this huge churning meat grinder that everybody hates. And I'm saying that's not the case. Like, what's the value in being able to write a novel? Because you can fucking do it. draw a manga because you can fucking do it. It's incredible. It's a great way to spend a life. It's a very worthwhile way to spend your time on this earth, learning how to do something extremely well. A computer can do it better. Who gives a fuck? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? A computer could probably sink threes. Think about that. Like, oh, we got this AI machine to Computers just like, play you know, chess. exactly. They play chess. Like the ball goes into the hand and the hand, dunks it and it hits the three every time because it's got the computer and it can measure where the fucking you see what i'm saying it's like Mm-hmm. but no but nobody cares 
about that. Yeah, nobody's going to watch a three-pointer machine. Just no. keep throwing balls at a hoop. Battle like. of the three-pointer machine. Like, this is the most boring shit ever. Like, it's your flaws and your humanity and your non-computer-likeness that will make your art interesting. I swear to God, dude. Like, it's the shit is not going to take off the way some people are worried it's going to. And it's because it's like AI is good for how funny it is with how wrong it gets things. But if I were to say something very specific to it and it nailed it, and then I kept doing that, and let's say I made a, a movie or a, a comic book, I just don't think anybody's going to care. I feel yeah. like people yeah. want there to be human hands behind. Like when I look at Berserk and I see some of these like huge, if you found out that that was AI, you'd be like, okay, that's tight. But something would be missing from your appreciation, right? Part of it is that a human did that. I uh, I own mercenary mode because this year uh, required a whole lot of not being able to do things, not being able to work really for a lot of the year. And so trying to come up with ulterior sources of income i fucked around with ai a bit mm -hmm. to try and be like oh here's a prompt hey chat gpt literally write me a 2000 word story in the style of blah 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 about this and ending like this mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. bro it did not work that is not how i made no. any money this year it did not, it's not it going sucks to it's not it's going really to. bad you go yeah, here's a 2000 word story that says nothing wow this is this is garbage this does is everybody really remember y2k and how sure everybody was like see again with the short memory kind of thing like i remember 9 11 i remember the response to 9 11 where because i grew up in a military town where i live right now and people were like uh you know yeah the government is is invading this country for no fucking reason but we have to support our troops and then fast forward to 2020 2020 2021 it's like yeah pharmaceutical companies are bad but we have to trust the science and the you know the scientists and all this it's the same shit right you see these things repeat over and over and over and over and over again and so i remember y2k and i remember how like scared everyone's like back up your shit bro because like once it rolls over we don't know what's and then nothing happened <laughs> and that's ai it's like everybody's like oh my god what's gonna like they're gonna fucking steal movies from humans we're not going to make them anymore first of all if they did would it be worse than what we are seeing currently probably not uh second of all no they're fucking not they're just not it just doesn't work just yeah. like we're we're not as fucking cool as we think we are <laughs> like ai can fucking in like three minutes it can tell you the whole history of like the the Ottoman Turks invading, I don't give a fuck. What that's called Google, bro. Like, I don't know. That's like better Google. It does it, work sometimes as a better Google in a way, but then you still gotta like time. check that's up. That's what on I use it shit. as. Yeah. yeah, I use it as better Google. Because it brings you sources too. It's like here's a link to whatever to read mm -hmm. more about yada yada. And you're like, okay, cool, thanks. Because Google is just always trying to push me 
the underwear yeah. or something. But if you're making a book and you're working with characters and you're and the characters have some kind of soul in them, AI doesn't know what that soul is. It just knows there's like no soul. There's no ideas either. Yeah. It's all like just reiterated rhetoric, like recycled through different synonyms. Like, and... You say that now, but you don't know what they're going to do in five. I know exactly what it's going to be in five years. It's going to be Google. <laughs> That's it. That's it. It's gonna be a. It's gonna be like fleshing out movie. It'll be a new. It. It could be like the new CGI in a way. Yeah. What makes humans it, human is our own special kind of. Yeah. The exactly. Editing of things. Exactly. Like, what makes humans human is our own special retardation. That's it. You can't synthesize like, that. <laughs> no, you can't be as dumb as us. And that's how we win. That's the real <laughs> article. Um so embracing that creative, I mean, I mean, I feel like production is it's always been on our docket, but I think that just creating more stuff with less of a filter is always a good goal. You know, Eddie's got 12 books and we were fighting with him in the chat where he was like what should i do with these books and we're like put them out drop, just them. drop them just drop them, them. and i He's think like, that, i don't like, know with no promo it's like bro dropping trust the master I, everything every gimmick i try out i succeed at mm -hmm. dropping 12 books kind of at the same time or on that's a very your own rapid promo. pace that is the promo. It's like yeah, this year that's the I promo. dropped People 12 are gonna be like, books. The fuck? This guy put out 12 books? Extreme horror writers are like just unanimously retarded. Like the dumbest people you will ever, ever see. But they've cornered that. They understand that. They understand that, yeah. yeah. Because when, like, people, when, when people find your shit, um, it's just a matter of like, on a numbers basis, there's a lot of fucking people in this country. Mm -hmm. On now, now go deeper into that. Like not just numbers; those are people. Those each are individuals who know other people who have their mm -hmm. own likes and whatever. You sink your hooks into this person, that person, that person, like, and then you've got more and more of these ripple effects of them talking to other people. You gotta check this shit out. Now say instead of a book, you have 12 that you just dropped in one year. They're going to go, holy shit. Now you have 100 to 500 people all going through your catalog of all these books. That's why you build up the catalog. One rule of thumb is get to 20 books. That's how you become a full-time writer. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mm -hmm. say at what pace. It just says put out 20 books. That's it. Yep. The other thing is uh, wear your influences on your sleeve. So many people like so much cool shit and then they put out work and you don't see any of it. It's like, I like Miike, bro. We made a whole podcast about Miike. Yeah. So when you I read my books, you're going to see Miike Sukamoto, like all these people who people I say that too books. when they read yeah. our shit they're like oh yeah you can feel the agitator like 
I've seen that yeah. in reviews where they're like, I could imagine the episode where David and Kelby were talking about like this idea mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because we just do that thing. If you watch a movie and it hits you, steal it and make it your own. Simple. Mm -hmm. It's it's so easy to do. Like I don't get yeah, why people like don't the, get this. Like the Japanese unapologetic. Be like the samurai western movies. Yeah. Just unapologetic stealing, seeing and going, mm -hmm. oh, I like what you did that. I'm going to change this into some cowboys. Mm -hmm. And do exactly what you yeah. just did. If you are working on a on a story and you need your characters to do something that requires superhuman strength, guess what? They can drink a magic potion to do that. They can do anything because it's fucking fiction. It's not real. Like people got so hung up. I, and I really do feel like like the movie poopers people where they find like the plot holes and shit. They fucked up creativity for a while there. Because you're not really supposed to think about that too much. Guts per puts on a suit of armor that's magic that gives him superhuman strength. How much time did Kentaro Miura give to the suit and like how it works? Three pages, <laughs> maybe? Yeah, I think he's still making it up in ways too because like i said it's like okay he already had that demon dog in him so is the demon dog communicating through the suit or is it like they're both trapped inside of there dog the... i hope we never know i hope we never know i hope it's, it's all just the thing it's that all happened. just yeah it's you all know? just vibes like, it's all just I'm, I'm working on projects right now where it's like how do i get this to happen there's a magic potion and mm -hmm. when they drink the magic potion, they become this way. Why does it happen? Fuck you. You're here for an hour and a half. Who gives a shit? <laughs> how do, so how do they bring... So we want a zombie dog. How does the dog come back to life? They, they monster. pour monster energy <laughs> into a tub. <laughs> because it doesn't matter. It does. It's not real life. Right wear your influences on your sleeve. And I think this is another important point. Don't get hung up on the details. Who gives a shit? Why would it, why the movie taken? Who would do that? Who would, you know, fight through an underworld of Russian gangsters to get their daughter back. Every father in the world. I wish. <laughs> I wish, but it turns out just Liam Neeson and just in this movie. Why did the guy take his helmet off in Prometheus? Because it's not real. Yeah, because he Maybe. was kind of told he could. Yeah. I think there was a, a little bit of an explanation there that didn't really matter. Why is, it turns there, out, why is, like, why is the giant shark care. in Meg attacking people i don't know it's a big ass shark i don't give a fuck who cares <laughs> let me see jason statham impale it on a on a fucking sharp piece of rebar you know yeah yeah less why more how how is this done how are you depicting this let's you know uh 
keep keep it interesting. Um, what else? Drama. More of it. <laughs> bring, bring it on. <laughs> More drama. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Get nasty. Why not? Who cares? Uh. So with so with the drama and comedy, I think that one thing that I get in my reviews for the God's Fair No Better books all the time is that they're just fun. I think that's what that is. Just go, just go for it. Just do it. You have an idea, go for it. Don't spend too much time figuring out how that idea works. Don't get caught up in the details. It just it is. Right? You don't even really need a magic potion. In uh, Takashi Miike's adaptation of Yakuza, he knew he had to include the video game, like where the guy's fist turns like blue flame, mm -hmm. right? It just happens in the movie. No reason. Just happens. Why not? So if yeah, you want honestly. drama, add drama. If you... Even if the drama doesn't make sense, like drama, comedy, sex, violence, all this stuff, just put it, and then people are going to be like, damn, that was fun. Yeah. Exactly. Bro, the number one show right now that I'm just now getting hit to, like Yellowstone. I've been fascinated by this, by the way, that like mm -hmm. Yellowstone has been the number one show in America. The internet does not talk about it. No, you don't see people talking about it anywhere. I didn't know what mm -hmm. people thought of the show. I didn't know what it was. And it's about. a huge hit, huge. And it's and huge. it's got spinoffs. It's got like eighteen. <coughs> what is it? Eighteen ninety two is a spinoff. Yeah, like something the... like that. And then like nineteen forty something. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's like, which might be connecting where the land came from because that's something I started. Uh, I'm like only four episodes in, but I'm like, so. What's the origin here? Like, where'd all this, where'd Kevin Costner, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. what was his mm -hmm. daddy doing? Like, like mm -hmm. he got all this property and shit, but, uh, but anyways, it's, it is dramatic as fuck. It is mm -hmm. like Shakespearean, like nonstop. It's like soap opera shit. Somebody's always getting the amount of kills in four episodes i'm like what the f i haven't seen this in a long ass time right. people just be shooting people left and right and like god damn uh usually these days people be dragging out you know a whole season before anything pops off and it's like oh that was one episode and y'all started like three different wars mm-hmm okay let's go what's gonna happen yeah, in episode been, two you're gonna start fucking, three more holy shit <laughs> yeah we've been watching uh house i think there were 180 episodes of house and at least 100 of them whatever that dude did would get him fucking fired he would not be a doctor <laughs> anymore yeah but it who gives it's a fucking show how yeah. do you make drama happen it's like, well, he does this thing that would completely get him disbar. Whatever happens to doctors, I don't know. But drama first, comedy first, sex first, violence first. Figuring out how it happens, 
just be like, well, it's whatever. It's fine. The DA yeah. said it was okay. <laughs> yeah. It's more interesting that way too, because like drama will randomly happen in that magic potion kind of sense mm -hmm. where like, there's already a lot of shit going on. And then this character is just driving. He's already neck deep in some shit. He just killed his brother-in-law to save his brother. And mm -hmm. he's like driving and his wife is like, why, why aren't you telling me what went down? Whatever you think I like, you can't trust me and this and that you're keeping me out. And then a meth lab blows up on the side of the road and they're like, what the fuck? And then him going and mercy killing this dude who's crawling away on fire, like kill me, kill me. And mm -hmm. ambulance not going to show up for 45 minutes. Now his bullet tied to the brother-in-law's dome also tied to this meth lab dude like just getting more and more complicated by constantly you know they just wanted more drama it's like now what's gonna happen here mm -hmm. to cause something else crazy meth lab he has to kill this dude and you're thinking oh that's how they're gonna find out he did that but no wait the reservation police show up and they don't need all this drama happening with the new election going and they're like uh casino running Indian chief dude who's trying to get more Senate power, whatever, is like, you know, he's all, he's already got all this shit against him. This happens on a reservation on reservation land. They're like, nah, what's gonna happen is we're gonna trade slides. I'm the one who pulled the trigger. And now it's like, oh shit. So are they going to think that this reservation cop killed the other dude? Are they even going to find out what is. It all comes from a place of constantly making shit happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's I not like that like too because it's not to like plots together. It's... Right. And it's also not trying to make a bigger point. It's like, so the Indians are here and the Cowboys are here. And what drama happens from where they are. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like it's it's not like a bigger point about that. It's like they're all twisted and fucked up in their own ways, but they're coming at it from these two culturally different angles. That's the correct way to do multiculturalism. How in what way are you fucked up, and how can that be dramatic? Like yeah. we'll, we'll take it. Yeah, and it's like uh, there's a dude who leaves, who's one one of the sons of like Kevin Costner is mm -hmm. um who's this he owns this massive amount of land and um he's actively fighting against gentrification too so as it mm -hmm. like he like going into urban development areas mm -hmm. in the middle of the night blowing up the rivers to dam it off so that they can't <laughs> infest the mm -hmm. river or whatever mm -hmm. um so it's like well i mean yeah did you on the land developers side or what what and then uh no it's just it just does that thing it's just like hey here's these people these are individual characters they all feel some type of way what happens when you make a lot of uh, uh shit happen around them and then all of that keeps bouncing back and forth and going out of control how do they all handle it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
It's like no commentary, really. <laughs> um, I think the final thing that we'll that we'll leave on for agitator is uh cheap and on time. Cheap and on time. Yep. I got the cheap part down. I'm gonna get the on time part down too. I'll get the on time part down by um de yeah, developing systems and not taking mm -hmm. on what well, one thing is uh my price went way the fuck up overnight. I was doing I was cutting deals left and right. What happens when you get into all that is eventually life catches up and other things catch up and shit you had in the fire, it's ready now. It came out the oven and it's bread Mm time. -hmm. And uh you had all these other obligations that you're really not making shit off of. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, all this bullshit. No, I'm cutting giving that away shit off, my bread. dude. I got one guy uh who like a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago, guy paid me eight hundred dollars to edit his book, but he wasn't done. Right? And I keep getting these little infusions of like, hey. I sent you a new 2000. I'm like, sorry. I mean, I know that you, you technically paid me for this, but we're moving forward here. You know what I mean? And there's like Mm a hmm lot of shit like that where people are like, Hey, remember that thing that we talked about five years ago? Like, can you No. no, that deals off. I'm busy. yeah i think i'm done working with people who have like crazy professionalism too like can you sign this and sign that and whatever and it's like you're the type of motherfucker that's gonna take 30 days to pay me so no Actually, no. The more Mm -hmm. shit you send me to sign, I'm gonna be like, yeah, never mind. I ain't. I'd rather not. Mm -hmm. yeah I don't want to sign things I don't want to be beholden to you in perpetuity for however many months because like honestly like you get to a certain point and you're like oh cool I finished everything I had to do for the day and now I can sit back and relax and watch Yellowstone. Oh, wait, no. There's another 2,000 words of whatever coming down the pipe. Nah, bro. No, I'm not doing that anymore. And like that old Kickstarter shit too. It's like, I'll send you guys something sometime. But that was a huge, that was my huge L. Right. And uh, I can't be beholden to that. Like I'll send you free shit, but I'm not writing those things. It's never going to happen. Yeah, I'm not doing any more pre-orders ever again. No, That no, this... me neither. Me neither. That was a learning experience for me and for you because it's like so much of my creative process got fucked up because 75 people contributed to a Kickstarter. for books that I was not done writing. And like now, seven years later, I'm like, yeah, that was a stupider me who did that. Like the, the me now would not do that to you. And I'm sorry, <laughs> but I'm not going to do that. Yeah.
And I found out a lot of my processes like, um, well, I wasn't expecting this year to take the turn that it did. Uh, mm -hmm. Otherwise, I would have been done with the book whenever it was supposed to come out. And sorry, just thing after thing. It was hustle mode. Uh, but then also, as far as my creative process, I've discovered through Mercy, through definitely through Mercy and through several stories and the way I sort of constructed God is Wearing Black, I kind of get to a point near the end and then start all the way over. Because mm -hmm. somewhere down that line, I'm like, oh, this is what I'm really trying to do. I have to scratch the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And then however long that takes to start it all the way over is how long it's like, oh, but it was supposed to drop in a week. Like, well, sorry, because it's my mm -hmm. thing and I say it's not done yet. Mm -hmm. yeah so i'm gonna do things cheap and quick and i also i have a hard and fast rule now about not talking what i'm doing about what i'm doing publicly because i know myself and i know that if i say things publicly i'll just you know that process will continue so like i'm the same way dude i'll um the way the writing process works for me is like this kind of slow drip of constant, you know, like working, working, working. And then I like, I find it, I find the thing. And then I'm like, okay, cool. Like you said, scrap it. And then I just write like crazy and then it's done and it's always good. People always love it. So mm -hmm. I, I uh, just, have a, I just don't even I like, I just, I just finish. And then like, like with war in heaven, like I was done with that book for three months and then I was like, okay, I guess I'll put it out now mm -hmm. just because it's been done. But I have a, uh, a ghostwriting client who's like, how's it coming? Key, you want to send me some pages? And I'm just like, no. No, that's not my pro. You'll get it when it's done. No. And I'm not doing that shit anymore that's, too. That's I'm not, not ghost my process. Writing. I'm not a fucking ghostwriter. I'm not a fucking editor. I'm not doing editing anymore. Like the, I the, am. That, I'll do all of it. That shop for me is dude is fucking closed. I'm not doing that. Like for me, I'm just doing my own thing. But I'll I'm also so, only I'm do it so my way. Sick. I'm so sick of editing. Like I never want to do that again. I, I'm so tired of like being like, okay, cool. 500 bucks. What do we got? And then like the biggest piece of shit you've ever seen, like lands on my desktop. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good, dude. Yeah. Good. Yeah. That's one of those things. I don't do anything for 500 bucks no more. No. People always want something else. Mm -hmm. So you looking at a stack minimum. Mm -hmm. Cause you're going to try eating into my week and, Hitting I'm me back slow. I don't care what the money is. I'm not doing it. I'm not working <laughs> on other people's shit anymore. Somebody could, I, and I, I, dude, I swear to God, I'm, I'm not lying. But somebody could come to me and be like, "I'll give you ten thousand bucks." You no. better be like, bet, and then I'll just pretend to be you, and we'll. I'll split. give you five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cool. Five, 
That's crazy. That's a crazy amount. <laughs> but yeah, no, just me. No, I'm not doing it anymore. I'm done. The editing shop is officially closed. JDO is no longer a fucking editor of books. I'm, uh... I get that though, because I was stuck on working this dude's deck. Uh, I was supposed to just like sand it and like seal it. Well, mm-hmm. I was going to stain it a new color with like mm-hmm. a deck, like a semi transparent, whatever. Uh, he kept not liking the color. I'm like mixing things together and showing him different swatches. And I'm like, bro, it's going to take the way it takes. It's wood. Like it's not, mm-hmm. if you mm-hmm. want me to paint it, I can paint it. You know, we, it right. can be whatever the fuck color you want. And he's like, no, it has to be semi-transparent. I'm like, bro, you're beholden to the way that this shit takes. Like, you work at the plant. You should understand chemical processes and shit. Like, mm-hmm. um, how do you not understand this? That I cannot just magically make it whatever color you want. But anyways, we're going back and forth. And he's dragging this shit out. And I had told him $400 because it was going to take me a day. Right. It took forever. And then in the meantime, I'm trying to drum up other work. I'm going over there. He's like, I think he needs another power wash. And I'm like, cool, you do that. I didn't bid that. I'm going to go try and get another job because this is ridiculous. Right. At the end of it all, he's like, oh, yeah, I guess it is what it is. Not even super happy with everything. I'm just doing whatever he wants to do at this point. And he pays me. He goes, so I want you to take a look at something in the garage. And then, like, just something simple, this and that, blah, blah, blah. He was like, so give me a fair estimate. I was like, yeah, $10,000. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Shit, he, he, he wanted, like, a fold-out workstation, just, like, seven feet wide. And, like, you know, maybe hardware, labor, everything included, like, $1,000. Again, something that should take me, like, two days. I was like, yeah, bro, 10 k Mm-hmm. Me and I ain't going to do that shit. That's how I feel, dude. That's how I feel about editing because, like, you edit stuff and then... (coughs) I don't know. Nobody wants to pay. And then if they do, they're like, cool, I got him. And I just, I don't know. With your shit, it's, like, woodworking and physical with creative stuff like no i'm a writer i'm not jdo the publisher anymore or jdo like the guy who finds the the cool people and shows them to people who then put them on (laughs) you see what i'm saying i'm jdo the guy who writes cool shit and makes cool shit Mm -hmm. like i'm that guy Cause I've seen too many people who I put on, go on to cool things <coughs> and uh, they lose my number. It's like JDO who? So no more of that shit. Yeah. No, I'd much rather see low down death, right? Easy. Number one, New York times bestseller. Mm-hmm. Than, uh, quite, quite frankly, majority if not mm-hmm. all like it's time dude 2024 is gonna be huge it's gonna be a really good year and that's what makes me so happy about this is that like 
hold the people like the people just really don't want us to succeed. And it makes me so happy that we're going to anyway. They're going to be it's, so confused too. It's so like, funny that we're going to just make it anyway. And they're going to be like, but, but, but I thought he, he wasn't allowed to do that. We are. It's going to be so funny. I've been actively making business moves towards mm -hmm. leveling up, not just like it's going to happen somehow. I'm going to keep doing it. No. I ain't telling y'all what I'm working on. Mm -hmm. You're going to see it and go, how the fuck did they just become millionaires overnight? It's like, oh, this just wasn't overnight because. Yeah, it was just by being good. Yeah, yeah. we've been plotting. We're just, we're just consistently good. I thought that the other day um, where, uh, you know, I followed podcasts before that had blown up. And I was like listening to them before they blew up. And I was like, damn, like as soon as they have that one kind of spark, like they'll pop. Like the spark has already been sparked for us, basically. People just don't know about it yet. So we're there. We won. Mm -hmm. We won anyway. <laughs> All right, that's the Agitator Manifesto, Berserk Review. Uh, maybe controversial Israel-Palestine take? I literally don't know. I don't, I don't know with any of these uh, people. I don't know. I don't know. Because they pretend yeah. to care about shit. So when things are like, yeah. I feel like controversy has to have some kind of realness to it. And mm -hmm. Everything's so pretend. So... Mm -hmm. it's like what do you if you're going to be mad you need to call me on the phone we're not going to do the internet because you have chat GPT and you're going to explain to me you're going to answer all my questions about Israel and Palestine that's all I ask just answer my questions like where is it where is it <laughs> What's going on? Like, why did this all start? What happens if this happens? What happens if, anyway? Peace.